Hello and welcome to The Cute Life, episode 9. Nine? Nine. Nine. <laughs> nine. Well, you know. <laughs> that well, new word. We never thought we'd get this high, so... <laughs> we don't know what the number <laughs> so, nine is. <laughs> just wait till we get into the thousands. Finn's going to be baffled. <clears throat> I'll try that again. Um, this is episode nine, and I'm Finley, and I'm joined by... Your husband, Oliver. <laughs> oh, you've gone more serious since <laughs> you've become a husband. Uh, I'm a middle-aged man now. Very serious. <laughs> Yeah. So I will be talking about taxes, Brexit, and the cost of fuel. Oh my god. Not really. I think my brain, brain's just melting. <laughs> it's so boring. Uh, no, I'm still the same foolish person I was a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're, so we're back to normal now after last week's wedding special. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I mean... If you didn't like weddings... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, good god. <laughs> What a disaster. I, w- I do want to add something to the last episode. <laughs> well, if you don't like weddings, no, get ready is, for more. This is the last I'll say on the matter, is that we forgot to mention the fact that Ollie, while we were doing our vows, um, halfway through, Ollie just, like, forgot what JP was saying, the the our person who was marrying us, um, had to ask what he'd said halfway through, so... Well, when they do the bit where you have to go, uh, when you have to repeat after them. Yeah. So he, he was like, wanted it. It was like, um, do you take um, Finley May Elliot to be your wife or something? To yeah, but it was really heart? long. It was like, in sincerity and sincerity, for <laughs> future and for past, for excellence and for disaster. Well, I managed it, darling. And I was just like, well, yeah, I know, but... <laughs> You know, I played more video games when I was younger. I've got a short memory. <laughs> yeah, so JP finished his sentence and Ollie just, just went, stared at me and then went, sorry, it's gone. It just went. <laughs> and everyone in the audience pissed themselves off. He thought it was really funny. People like, came up to me afterwards and were like, that was really funny. You pretended to forget. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Although they, they must have just been being nice. They can't have like, genuinely thought I did that. On purpose. Who would be thick enough to do that? On, on, uh, like. I feel right, moron. <laughs> um, yeah, me. Well, thanks for re- remembering that. I'll never forget it. It's imprinted in my memory now. No, oh, good. <laughs> so, how has your first normal week back to normal been? Um, it's been good. I feel more productive actually. Um, I feel like I've got a lot done. I did that juniper, finished my juniper painting. I did a painting of a fox that is quite well known on Instagram because I'm bloody obsessed with it. And they posted this really lovely picture of it sitting, sunning itself in an orange chair and just everything about it was so lovely. I just had to paint it and it just did so well. And loads of So juniper is a house trained fox? Yes. Well, um, the... Quite house trained. Yes. Her... Owner, um, Jessica, I've forgotten her name, um, I think it's Jessica, um, has a menagerie of rescue <laughs> animals, um, I think she's got a chinchilla, she's got like, um, what are they, possums, two foxes called Fig and Juniper, and a dog, she's just got like, and a snake, and... She's just got loads, loads of animals. It's just fascinating. She, like, tells everyone, um, teaches everyone about um, their welfare and how they're kept and um, 
does a lot of work to kind of like because I think in America it's a lot easier to get an exotic pet than right. it is obviously yeah because they've all got alligators and sharks and things what? <laughs> sharks <laughs> well um, well I think certainly you, alligators no but I think you can just go and buy like an exotic pet like a I don't know the first thing that came into my mind is a walrus and I don't think you probably no, go to a shop and buy a walrus I'm pretty but, sure you can't uh, like a fox say um, <laughs> what, what an amazing and then people, example people go and get them like oh what a cute like I'd love to have a fox it's just like a dog and then it's really difficult and then ends up I didn't like even... ruining their house and then they throw it out and then this poor fox has a horrible time so she does a lot of work to educate people about their welfare and like how to look after them and how difficult they are to keep us pets but she's rescued. I didn't even know it was an option mm. I didn't even know it was possible I thought they were well I didn't really until I started like, following her yeah I thought they were just pretty feral yeah like trying to look after like you know we get people who try to look after wolves yeah and then it always ends in tears no it's absolutely fascinating I mean I feel like most people know about Juniper Fox so I don't, I don't really think they do them. well 50% of the world doesn't know. I'll link them in the show notes if you haven't heard of the wonderfulness that is juniper and friends so i did a painting <laughs> of her and yeah loads of people messaged me asking for prints so i got some prints done so i've done a pre-order so if you go on my website they're currently 15 pounds at pre-order and then they'll go up to 18 pounds when i get them in so yeah, if you want to bargain. Get it now. Get it now, yeah. I've get it now, sold, save yourself a few quid. I've sold a f- quite a few, which I'm really happy about, because people always tell me to do prints, and I'm like, yeah, maybe I should, and then I do them, and they never do that well, and it always kind of disheartens me and puts me off doing them. But, yeah, maybe I'll get... This has revived my interest in doing them. Well, I think it's just a very um, typical problem with like instagram social media and stuff isn't it it's like it's very easy to write like yeah i'd love a print yeah and then, and the, then the reality of forking out mm, not that pounds. much money really no. yeah uh, it's just all... it puts people off slightly, yeah it? people always tell me to do that in greetings cards and i've done both and let me tell you they do not make you money <laughs> well they might do other people but they never do me mm. yeah i think the greeting cards i never really understand the it's just so much. It's so this. much work for so little return. Like, and you have to buy the envelopes, you have to buy the sleeves, and you have to sell a huge amount of them to be able to make your money back. At, I mean, at the very least, to actually make a good profit on them, you have to sell a huge amount. And just yeah, you'd make... have to sell like to make like five hundred quid yeah. selling them. You'd have to sell like two hundred and fifty. Yeah, I mean, That's I suppose you could sell them, sell them wholesale, but I mean, I don't really know the first thing about doing that, so. No. And I feel like, I mean, I don't really do that at local businesses around here, and they, are they really... They're not going to want to buy 250, are they? No, they're not, exactly, so. Anyway, that's a bit of a boring business advice for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like advice. people... Uh, so here's another thing we don't know about. <laughs> I feel like people don't tune in for... For hot, boring business advice. Hot business advice. Well, I did say I was going to talk about taxes, so you know, it's going to be my time to shine. No, uh, um, I'm not going to talk about that. What shall we do first? Um, what's the first order of the day? Um, well, I was going to say we've enjoyed a few things this week. Um, the Louis Through documentary. Thought I'd mention that. I mean, it was very good. Don't know if enjoyed was the correct word well yeah it, it, it educated me I, it's, it was very it's, interesting it's a subject i find interesting it's, wait explain what it is 
Um, I can't actually, I didn't write down the actual title, yeah. but it was about um, mothers with psychosis after um, postpartum psychosis. Um, so after, I feel like that may have been what it was called. Yeah. Ollie's going to look it up now. Um, but it was really interesting and it's, I've heard um, a couple of, I've read a couple of articles on the topic and I've listened to a couple of podcasts as well about it. I just find it so fascinating because a lot of the time it's um, women who have no history of mental health issues at all and then they have a baby and they're fine leading up to the birth and then the birth is either so traumatic or the kind of recipe of tiredness and on the hormones and um, the stress of it all builds up and causes this um, what's not psychosis well no um, I mean like a crescendo of oh right yeah perfect yeah, yeah. storm of um, uh, all of the things come things, together and just yeah, make and the make, worst like yeah, environment and, for your mental health and can cause really serious psychosis and depression and I just find it really fascinating how yeah that someone can go through through their whole life never having a mental health problem um and then have such a horrific time and what was really interesting is that there were mums who'd had like there was one mum who it was her third child yeah and she'd done the first two totally fine and what took it in her stride she was an amazing mum and you may not know about this about me Finn, but i am not a mother um <laughs> But my experience, the, from what people have always said, is that it sort of gets easier as it goes along. Like, the first one's the one where, like, you really don't know what the hell's going on. People normally sort of say, by, like, number three, sort of, like, you know, you sort of know everything you're doing. You've just got, like, your baby under your arm. Well, Mojito in the other hand. Yeah, you just think that going from two children to three children... I mean, again, <laughs> we're talking from, not really from experience. Um, well, not at all from experience. But, like, from going from two children to three wouldn't be Well, that you much. were one of three children. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like probably... And your mum's pretty nuts. <laughs> I don't know. Nancy... Oh, sorry if you're listening, Nancy. Nancy was quite <laughs> an interesting child. Um, but she got ignored quite a lot. Yeah. Um, just, I don't know, because... Yeah, a, well, there's a lot going a on, isn't it? If you've got... If it's a husband and wife and three children, you know, it's going to get a different level of affection to one child. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, it was called Louis Theroux, Mothers on the Edge. Yeah, it was really good. I recommend it. Which is a better title than whatever you said, whatever we thought Mothers it was. Mothers with psychosis. Yeah, it doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it, does it? Um, and then... I mean, everything by Louis Theroux is good. Yeah, um, and talking of which... He also was on Desert Island Dis this week, which was so... Have you listened to it yet? No. Oh, for God's sake. Um, it, it, he's just a, just a great person. His music taste is interesting. Um, I quite enjoyed it. Not, yeah. It's not what you think he would enjoy. Hip-hop. Well, it's a bit of hip-hop, a bit of, um, like, he really likes Mar- Marvin Gaye and, um, like... A bit of soul. Mm. Um, soulful young man. Jesus Christ superstar. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> he's just so funny and likeable. I just really like him. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? Yeah. National treasure. Yeah. So, um, my cute thing this week... I'm ju- oh, jumped onto that. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's, I'm, I'm jumping onto it because I did have it and I've 
seem to have closed the um, tab on my oh, computer, so, so I might have to... Why don't you come back to your might, thing? I might come, yeah, I'm just saying that I might have So to... you announced something that you can't follow up with. Yeah, I mean, that's just how I'm rolling, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe you can give more facts about uh, having your third child or producing postcards in the same... So I'm going to move on from my cute thing this yeah. week, which I can't... You can't remember. Well, I can't remember it. It's just I had an article up and I seem to have lost it. Right. Okay. Um, Don't worry. Just move on to your next thing. We'll, well come back to you. We had a submission, like an email submission. That's Amazing. Really great. And so I wanted to read it out because it's so... In, it was It's juicy. Yes. Um, so, I'm ready. Uh, so we got a submission and the title is Creepy Crank and Dodgy Delph. Which immediately subject. when I saw that come in, I was like, what the hell? What is this? So it gripped my attention. Um, so Georgina Hackett wrote in. And um, I don't know whether she'll be... I feel like she's probably comfortable with me saying the first bit. Um, but it just says, hello, I started listening to your podcast recently whilst I've been working at my desk. And they've helped me so much with focusing on work and not worrying about not knowing what I'm doing. Um, I feel you there. <laughs> I finished my fine art degree two years ago and I have no no idea what to do after uni and I was so confused at where to start on my own with my own art so I just got a full-time job at a shop and I absolutely hate it. My evening and days off consist of sitting at a desk trying to create art and develop my own style and at the start of the year I just hated every second of my days off because constantly just listening to YouTubers and podcasts giving advice about being motivated and creating all the work did totally the opposite yeah. which is what we talked about in a previous podcast not to be dramatic but listening to the cute life has saved my art it helps me know there are others just trying to trying their best too so thank you no oh, that's great well, isn't that lovely yeah that's really lovely oh, well I totally sympathise with that com- situation 100% Georgina honestly I cannot describe how much I relate to that um, well, I mean, you could have written that. Basically. I could have written that. Like, Ollie can vouch for me here. Like, I spent so many years miserable working in shops, just wanting to make art and not really knowing where to start. So I really do completely get where you're coming from. And the bloody self-help podcasts and things out there, I really just don't... <sighs> also, the, I think what's interesting is that thing that she's saying about the developing your own style. Mm. Which is this sort of weird vague thing they talk about yes. at uni in relation to sort of drawing or any kind of art, I suppose. But like, oh, you just need to like find, find your style, find like your style. mystical style. And then all you do is look on Instagram at artists who seem to have found their style, and you're like, why did? Well, I mean, I find this. I see what everyone else does. Where you're like. Why did every one of my drawings look like a different person did it? <laughs> like, it, like every single one of mine can be done by a different person. I disagree like, completely well, no, with no. you. Well, I felt like that for a long time. But now I think that when I do drawings, they kind of all look... But every now and then I do one that does look like pretty different. I mean, I don't know. I just think your style is really coherent. The thing I would say about style is the longer I do my creative the further I get into my creative career the more I realise that finding your style is a complete load of bollocks and yeah and there's no moment where you're like ah I've achieved my I style I have a style you don't you just do it and then while you're doing you kind of pick up things that you like 
and it's not necessarily like you think oh well that's coherent and that kind of like feeds into my other work or anything you just are like I quite enjoy doing that so I'm going to do more of it and that is how your style quote unquote like develops into something like and I think trying to you you sort of I think it's like this kind of like desperation that's how I felt anyway like in the beginning this kind of desperate like I need to find find it so I can start my work and my career and it's like it's just I think the problem is is when you look at other artists that you like Mm. you want your stuff to be like their stuff yes and then your stuff isn't and then you sort of maybe if you get really into them then you'll start sort of like seeing like little elements of their stuff coming through in your work yeah and then that's you know that is still like important like all artists through history have been inspired by other artists. Um, There's no artist who's just producing yeah. stuff without any inspiration from anywhere, uh, any other source. Unless you're like a hermit or something. You're like Henry Darger or something and you're just yeah, but his, in a... Yeah, but even when you get those like outsider artists, like a lot of their stuff you realise is like inspired by children's cartoons they watch when they're I'll little and stuff. Henry Darger in the show notes, by the way, if you don't know his work. Um, but I think ultimately your style is the one that when you just sit down and draw, like, on a post-it note or on the back of a receipt or just, like, when you're just really subconsciously drawing, that is your style. Yeah. And I think... I guess the difficult thing is embracing that and being happy with it. Yeah. And I think being happy with it is the hardest bit because, you know, I don't necessarily... I mean, I don't really do that much drawing. But when I do do drawing, it isn't necessarily always the kind of drawings that I want to do. Or it doesn't look like necessarily how I would like my no, neither art does, to look. No, neither does mine. If I look But at, sometimes it is, it depends what I'm drawing. If I look at what I like in other artists, my every single one is a combination of creepy and cute. Mm. And my art is not like that at all. It's sweet and almost sickly sweet because yeah. of the colours I use and stuff. And it's not through I don't know, I don't... You can't force, like, what you want your art to be like, I guess, really. it's just No, like I think naturally... that's a difficult thing. And you try to, yeah. but ultimately, it just doesn't really work like that, does it? No. I guess the only way you can change it, I think, rather than changing your style, the way to change it is to change the subject of what you're drawing. Yeah, that's... that. Mm, yeah. yeah. I don't know, that's just a passing thought. Anyway, read the rest of this email. Well, no, I just wanted to oh. say that um, I think... I completely, we both completely get where you're coming from and, and how frustrated you feel because I have been there and I just... I'm still there. <laughs> Ollie's still there and I just want to say like if you love making art, which you obviously do because you're trying to make a career of it and you did a degree in it, then just keep going because you will get there eventually and I know it's hard but you will. I do I believe in that. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, so I'll read the rest of it. It's very interesting. Okay, I'm ready. Um, I also have a very odd story for you about my village, uh, the village I grew up in. I lived in a village called Rainford in between St. Helens and Billinge. Never heard of that place. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Our roadhouse, it's right in the middle of the field um, in front of a lake called Rainford Delph. 
Last year, when the weather was very hot and dry, the lake pretty much dried up and we started to find large bones and odd bottles dating back hundreds of years, including bottles of cyanide and strange poisons. So I did some research about the area and what the history could be of the Delph, and I found this story about crank caverns, which aren't too far from the Delph. Right. What must rank as the strangest find underground in the subterranean church allegedly found near Belinge? In the late 18th century, four children decided to explore the limestone caverns in the area and vanished. One child survived and told a terrifying tale about about small old men with beards who killed his three friends and chased him. The petrified child stumbled over human bones in the cave and finally managed to scramble through an opening to the surface as a hand was grabbing his ankle. Uh. The authorities were concerned because a number of people had gone missing in the area near the cave entrances. Mm. Two heavily armed soldiers descended into the caverns with torches and claimed that they uh, that they not only found a heap of human bones, but they also found the ruins of an ancient church of some un- unknown denomination. There we go. Nice I just had to shout it. You didn't even shout it right, but whatever. <laughs> denomination that's the one (laughs) the interior of the church was lit by three large candles and grotesque gargoyles formed part of the altar throughout the uh, throughout the uh, fucking hell (laughs) throughout the exploration of the underground the soldiers said that they felt as they were being watched and also heard voices speaking in an unknown language one report said the child's that a child's head was found in the cave along with evidence of cannibalism after a second investigation, the caves either collapsed or gunpowder was used to seal them, and so the riddle of the underground church of Bilinge <laughs> remains unsolved. Um, so That's brilliant. That's such a good story. Yeah, wait, it gets better. Oh, so these caverns apparently go on for miles underground around the area, but most tunnels have collapsed or were, were apparently sealed off. Myself and my family came upon the theory that the Delph was originally one of the entrances to these creepy tunnels, which have been collapsed with gunpowder. There have been giant sinkholes causing the farmers trouble all over the fields surrounding the Delph and for our and our house for years, and no one ever knew what caused them which would back up this theory. And just to get a little more creepy, years before I knew about all this, I used to hate sleeping in in my loft bedroom, which was the closet closest bedroom to the to the lake as i used to constantly be kept awake from hearing children crying but there were no other children that lived in our road Jesus Christ. so couldn't have been our neighbors <laughs> also after we bought some bottles we found around the lake to, inside to clean them up for weeks after my mum kept freaking out because she kept thinking she could see a really old pair of women's lace leather lace-up shoes peeping out from under her bedroom curtains. Oh my god! She made us put the bottles in the shed at the end of the garden. These two possible ghost encounters uh, was all before my creepy investigations about the Delph and the caverns. I'm definitely not a hundred percent sure that these stories are accurate. Accurate, but what I heard and what my mum saw always gives me goosebumps when we talk about it. Possibly not the cute story you were expecting, but I wouldn't mind if you'd use it on the podcast. Um, good luck with the rest of the podcast, Georgina. Oh my God, and it that says, was... P.S. Congratulations on the wedding. That's like the perfect story. I love stories like that. It was perfect. It had... Weird little, like, creepy, like, urban legends. Urban legends, ghost stories, um, weird vi- village gossip. It's 
I mean, but yeah, if they're having like sinkholes in all the fields and stuff, that's gotta be the creepy. That's tunnels. gotta be the creepy tunnels. So wait, what year was did the soldiers go down? This there? is in the 18th, 18th century, century, so quite a, a long time. Well, it's ago. not that long ago. Like, it's, it's not that long ago that like, I don't know. It, it seems like there'd be like, if someone if soldiers did go down, that there could potentially be like a record of the soldiers going down there and looking for things. Yeah. Wow, it's so good. I love the image of the. Shoes. Oh, the shoes. I know. Oh, my God. It literally gave me goosebumps when I read it. I mean, luckily. I was so excited to read it to you. I didn't tell... I haven't... This is the first time Ollie's hearing this email, by the way, just because I just wanted... Well, obviously. Otherwise, I had some pretty weird reactions to a story I'd already heard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I'm really... But what I'm saying is I was so excited by your email, Georgina, that I have been excited all week to tell him. Oh, well, I'm, well, firstly, I'm glad we don't have proper curtains anywhere in our house. Oh, my God. Can you imagine seeing creepy leather? Uh, I'm just imagining them sort of going up behind the curtains <laughs> when, she, like, when she looks over, just like really slowly like... And also, I feel so sorry for you that you lay in bed hearing children crying. crying. Oh. That's terrifying. Is there anything scarier than children crying? Children laughing. Children children just in general <laughs> any child at all <laughs> is the most haunting thing in the world yeah um oh that's brilliant i love that story yeah well done Georgina. fantastic oh mate, mate. more people write in with stuff like i know that. oh my god it's just so good like if i do, i just want loads of those to read now <laughs> so good so good that's your dream is just to read a whole book of those kind of oh my god yeah slightly creepy yeah Little tales from villages. Yeah. All the creepiest things happen in villages, don't they? Wait, what was the village again? Billin. Billin. Well, I mean, we don't know. You've never pronounced it right. <laughs> it could be literally only... Probably Bedford. Billin. You just can't read. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's brutal. Um, well, I've got a creepy story. <gasps> Wait, is this just going to... Are we just turn? Maybe I mean, we should rename just... this the creepy life. Well, I mean, I don't really know about cute stuff. I mean, I know about Taylor. That's pretty cute. Uh, um, I feel bad that I've just like skirted over my um cute things fact. It was basically about where the wild things are. Well, just you know, I'm sure it'll come back to you. Well, why don't we get a drink and then you can quickly investigate your creepy? No, you're not your creepy thing. My cute thing. For cute this thing. Way. I'll do. So we've done creepy, cute, and then we'll go back to creepy. <laughs> well, we need to break break up the creepy with cute. I wouldn't I think. even bother. I'd just go on full creeps the whole time. <laughs> All these creep cast. <laughs> well, no. that can be your podcast, babe. Not just on my own. Yeah. Okay. Back in a second. Back in a second. Um. So this is my cute thing for this week. It's about where the wild things are. The children's book by Morris Sendak. Um, which, I mean, I read as a child. Did you read it as a child? Uh, I think so. I feel like I was most, aware of it. As I a feel child, like sure. most children read it. It was a very famous book. I don't even know when it was written. Actually, it was very famous in the nineties. I mean, I remember it being in our primary. Was it school. famous in the nineties, or were you a child in the nineties, and that's why you think it was famous? Yeah, in the 90s? I mean, I think you're probably right. Anyway, um, there's a couple of cute things about it, um, cute facts that I thought was that thought were interesting. 
Um, so Where the Wild Things Are were, was not the original title. Um, the initial working title of the book was Where the Wild Horses Are. And the story was supposed to be about a child who escapes from the land of wild horses. Although the editor loved this idea, Morris realised he was unable to draw horses. And so the idea of the wild things was born. I mean, that's a brilliant idea, isn't it? Like... I can't draw. Can't, you can't do it. Just, just change it. I mean, to be fair, horses are very difficult. They're very strange animals to draw. I mean, I can't remember the exact precise plot of the book. I remember the film slightly more at this point. Mm. I don't feel like the animals were interchangeable for horses. No, not really. <laughs> but anyway, made um, the plot change a little bit. So, wild thing refers to a Yiddish term. Uh, when Morris was a child, his mother often co- used to call him Vildacheya, Vildacheya, meaning wild animal in Yiddish. In Yiddish, uh, the book, in the book, when Max's mother calls him a wild thing, he retorts, "I'll eat you up," which is why I sent to bed with no supper. And then all of the characters all the wild things in the book were based on his um relatives oh that's brilliant yeah um which i think is really interesting so uh yeah he soon realized his inventions were similar to his jewish relatives from his childhood who came for sunday lunch each week and (laughs) often told him he looked so good we could eat you up wow i love it oh god it's so sweet um yeah so I also wanted to say that me and Ollie went and watched the... There's a really brilliant Spike Jones adaptation of the book, which was um, came out in 2009. So I think it... Well, that's the first year we were going out. So it was probably one of the first films we went to see together. Oh, wow. Um, but the soundtrack um, is by Karen O, and it's just really brilliant. And I listen to it quite often because it's quite... It's very um, relaxed and yeah. it's really... Um, I'd quite like to see that film again, actually. Yeah, it's a nice film. I wouldn't say it's very slow and um, yeah, not much happens in it, but it's just really beautifully shot and all the all the. Um, it's not really like a children's film, though, is it? No, I mean a child. Chil- I think a child would probably a child enjoy would it. appreciate it and like it, but it's quite arty and every scene is like a painting. It's really. I loved it. I just remember having like really cool sets. Yeah, all the sets are brilliant and the costumes and um, yeah, it's just a really good film. So oh, I, I love that he it. just couldn't draw the horses. I know, it's just so sweet. I mean, I can sympathise with that. I'm just imagining him like with surrounded by balls of paper that he's thrown over his shoulder as he's trying to, desperately trying to draw a horse and getting more and more frustrated and then eventually just being giving up entirely and drawing a wild thing and being like that'll do <laughs> i mean it's a lot easier isn't it if you draw something that doesn't exist no one can say you've done <laughs> exactly. it exactly i just love yeah it's just so lovely oh so. that's really cute um so came out in 1963 <laughs> showing your age there, <laughs> Oh my yeah, God. it definitely came out in the 90s. 90s. Yeah. No, I didn't. It came out just before Clueless. No, I knew I knew it didn't come out in the 90s. I thought it might have been. You just thought it was popular. No, I thought it might have been the 80s. Because you know how like a lot of things in the 90s seem to... Well, we had things like Ivor the Engine. Do you remember that on TV? Tom's the Tank Engine, mate. No, Ivor the Engine. And it was That awful. was like the Russian version. <laughs> no, don't you remember it? No. Oh, people are... Uh, the people out there will remember it. You're just a weirdo who doesn't remember childhood things. You've got a terrible memory. Got a terrible memory. 
Well, um, at least I don't remember no, but either the that, engine. Either that engine, it was a that thing. That doesn't sound worth remembering. <laughs> it wasn't. It was so boring. Um, <laughs> Great. And then we had the magic roundabout, which was definitely well, I remember like, that. from the 70s or something, wasn't it? Yeah. They just used to recycle children's programs. I think they still do. I bet if you watch children's TV now, I bet no, it's, it's all animated. Like they animated yeah, like the plot lines and everything's all the same. Yeah. I'm sure. No, children well, like the same. I stuff. don't like watching because they've like Postman Pat and um, Postman Pat, uh, Fireman Sam, Pingu. They're all animated now, like CGI. It's so weird. I hate it. Cheaper, isn't it? I know, but it's so depressing. It's just they've lost their charm. They all look the same. Yeah. And they've changed the postman. Sorry, it makes me really angry. They've changed the postman th- Pat theme tune, which they've is got just, a rap in it. Now. It's sacrilegious. I can't, and I think they've changed Fireman Sam as well. Why would they do it? Why? I feel really angry about it. Because like angry enough to fucking write in and complain. Don't write in. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to because I'm I've got a life, but yeah. I'm that upset about it. <laughs> like, if my children start watching, oh, I'm going to storm over to the. TV and switch it off like why are you watching this crap yeah well, back in my day <laughs> back in my day everything was d- hand done <laughs> we didn't have the internet <laughs> oh my god I'm going to sound like such an old person yeah you're going to yeah, <laughs> yeah we didn't have the internet yeah. we're going to be the last generation that didn't have the internet anyway so on to your creepy thing well, mine's not so creepy. Is it as creepy as Georgina's? No, 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 not at all. No, it's more like uh, interesting. Oh, okay. Well, because I said last week that I wanted to do like something to do with ghosts. Oh, yeah. So then I go- googled ghost news. Because <laughs> I was like, there must be a website out there that's like doing like breaking news about ghost reports, right? <laughs> Were you doing this like on your lunch break at work? Yeah, for the it just your in case boss my, comes in. In case my boss is listening, yeah, sure, on my lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> Closing the tab quickly. Yeah. Go snooze. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's a blessing they can't see our, our history on our browsers at work. Anyway. Better than porn, I suppose. Well, that's another story. For I me. mentioned porn again. I have to mention it once an episode. Yeah, God forbid you don't. Uh, yeah, so it turns out, I mean, if there's anyone out there who loves ghosts... And also wants to make a news slash informative website. There is a gap in the market. No such thing as ghost news. I just thought there would be one. And then, you know, like, breaking news from the world of the paranormal. Must be. Maybe there just isn't enough happening. Mm. That's sad news for me. Yeah, I know. You love up-to-date ghost news. You always have. Uh, so then I started reading all these like <laughs> top ten things, okay. uh, which was very insane. We lost almost a whole day at work to me just reading them out to my colleagues. Oh my god, um, But actually, this story isn't from any of those top ten lists, mm-hmm. but it was so in- inspired by them. All right. So, do you know a musician called Jim Sullivan? No. No, no one does. But <laughs> what would you have done if I said yes? Um, I mean, I would have been impressed, I guess. I know his whole back catalogue of recorder solos. Well, I mean, you're not far off. He's really? pretty, like, hippie, folky kind of stuff. Okay. But he was, like, so he was... Fan not... of the piccolo. Uh, Jim definitely enjoyed piccolo at some point in his life. He was, like, 1960s. He did sort of, like, folky, rocky kind of, like, hippie kind of stuff. Right. But it's good music. Like, that's... Okay. I think that's the thing that's sort of interesting about him is like, although he wasn't that successful 
in his life, he is... Ooh, okay, that's ominous. Right, he was making music in like the early 60s. A lot of people are still around. It's not that okay. ominous. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to see where this is going. Ooh, so ominous. A man who was in his 40s in the 60s is dead now. <laughs> He'd be like 90 if he was alive now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he only did like a couple of albums. But anyway, right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read you a bit of his story. Yeah. I've got to a bit of his backstory because oh, if I just dark? read the ghost, or not the ghost bit, if I just read the interesting bit, okay. it's very short. Right, okay. So I'm going to have to pan it out with a bit of life. Okay. But you know, it paints a picture. Okay. Gives you an idea. I'm of, ready for it. Who is Jim Sullivan? I want to know. Tell me, Ollie. Jim Sullivan <laughs> <laughs> grew up in San Diego, California, where his Irish American parents have moved from Nebraska to work in the defense industry. I know you're a big fan. A tall man... The defence industry. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. He's had to do with the army. A tall man who was a high school quarterback. <laughs> I know, you're interested. I, I can, see your interest peaking. I can relate to this. <laughs> Did they make him, him goal shooter in netball? <laughs> no, because unlike you, he wasn't psychologically damaged by his time at school. <laughs> uh, according to his notes in his first LP, he grew up in a government housing project with a bunch of other Okies and Arkies. Don't know what that means. What? Don't know if that's racist. If it is, I'm sorry. I'm just reading it. What is that? I don't know. And decided to play music after listening to local blues groups. Mm -hmm. He married and played guitar in a local band, The Survivors. Never heard of them. (laughs) With his sister-in-law, Kathy. Kathy! (laughs) He and his friend bought a bar near to their college, but it lost money. And in 1968, he moved with his wife, Barbara, and his young son, son to Los Angeles. While his wife worked at Capitol Records, Sullivan wrote songs and performed in increasingly prestigious clubs in the Los Angeles area. In particular, he became established at the Raft Club in Malibu, where he became, with Holly- became friends with Hollywood figures including Lee Majors, never heard of him, Lee Marvin, name rings the bell, and Harry Dean Stanton, who is the old man from Alien, Green Mile, Repo Man. He wasn't always old, but he has like an old face. Oh, shit! He died quite recently. Yes! Uh, yeah, so he was friends with Jim Sullivan. He was a very good actor. He was a very good actor. Was he in Twin Peaks? Yes, he was in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you'll know if you saw him. Uh, <laughs> he also was an extra in the movie Easy Rider. Was which he? Which is a very good film. Very good film. Uh... He also, according to Wikipedia, performed on the Jose Valencio television show. <laughs> wow. I know. Jose? <laughs> yeah, uh, shocking. Anyway. So he's still making his music. Yeah. Uh, no one liked it, but his friends contributed <laughs> to helping him record an album of his songs uh, with some other people who I'm leaving out because that's really boring. Uh, he went to Capitol Records. Turned it down. Said oh, it wasn't good enough. I've heard of them. Yeah, exactly. He didn't get on that <laughs> the record label. But he released his album, UFO. UFOs. UFOs. In 1969. And it features Sullivan's songs in his style blending folk, rock and country. That has been compared to a list of musicians that no one's ever heard of. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the album was remixed and reissued by the Century City Records in 1970, and the track Rosie was issued as a single. It is actually a good song, if you listen to it. Okay. Do listen to it. 
Uh, made little impact, no one really cared about it. Sullivan continued to perform in clubs. In 1972, he recorded his second album called Jim Sullivan. Original. Again, the record was unsuccessful. Uh, Sullivan started like turning to alcohol. His marriage wasn't very going very well. In 1975, he decided he was going to go to Nashville, where his uh, sister Kathy was working as a singer and songwriter, and he was going to try and find success there. Kathy. So, <laughs> you got the story. Jim Sullivan. He's... Album called UFO. Loves UFOs. Pretty into UFOs. Decides to go to Nashville. God, this has got more premonition than Legacy Series of Game of Thrones. (laughs) Does he get beamed up? (gasps) He does. I've called it everywhere. Sullivan left for Los Angeles on March the 4th, 1975, planning to drive to Nashville alone in his Volkswagen Beetle. A vehicle where nothing good happened in the (laughs) 1970s. I I know. Uh, between him and Bundy, disaster. They didn't do much. Was it Bundy? For, yeah, didn't no. do much for the Volkswagen franchise. No, don't seem to have bothered them. Uh, so, so he's driving along. Next day, been driving all night. He got cautioned by a highway patrol officer regarding his driving. The officer gave him directions to the nearby La Mesa Motel, where it was verified that he definitely checked in. He definitely checked in at the hotel. So he's driving along. Driving badly, policeman pulls him over, says, you got to go check into this hotel, motel. Right. Don't know what the difference is. Um, I think a motel is scummy. <laughs> Sorry to anyone. Sorry, motel. Sorry <laughs> if you are Sorry, motel fans. That's just what I've, I know from watching Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, that's the last time anyone's ever seen him. What? Checked into the motel. That's it. But you che- so you, so you checked into the motel. Did you check out? Next thing they know, they found his car abandoned. What? Uh, I think it was like 26 miles away from the motel. What? Uh, everything Jim owned was in the vehicle. What? Uh, but he was nowhere to be found. What did, they... did he check out of the hotel, Ollie? I don't know. Stop. Don't ask me things like that. Uh... <laughs> well, you can't... Well, he went into the hotel. Well, listen. Okay, right. Oh. You said it was the last time that anyone ever saw him. So if he checked out of the hotel, then the hotel staff would have had to deal with him checking out. It's and reported... they a record of him checking out of the hotel. All right, Inspector Cluedo. Uh, it's, re- <laughs> it's reported that he did not sleep at the, ho- at the motel. He left his keys inside the room and he bought a bottle of vodka at the town store that was left inside the motel. He bought the vodka... So, he went into the hotel. Yeah. He bought a bottle of vodka at some point that he left in the room. He didn't drink it. Didn't drink it. Right. Didn't sleep in the bed. Left the keys in the motel. So, presumably got back into his car. So, he didn't check out of the hotel. He didn't formally check out. (laughs) Jesus Christ, he was so obsessed with this fact. (laughs) So, apparently he was seen the following day, about 26 miles away, at a remote ranch owned by the Gannetti family, who... Oh, sorry, Googling was something to do with the mafia, but I think that's unrelated. Ah, uh, that mafia. And he was last seen monkeys. walking away from his car. The car contained his money, his papers, his guitar, which apparently, like, his friends later said, he never went anywhere without his it guitar. It was his, like, prized possession. His clothes and a box of his unsold records. So, For some reason I thought you were going to say unsolved mysteries. No, that'd be even better. And that's it. That's, that's the last anyone ever saw of him. So, oh, are there are loads of weird conspiracy theories about no, it. No, there aren't, and I think the reason why is it's very clear he's obviously abducted by aliens. 
<laughs> Man loved UFOs. Wrote an album called UFO. <laughs> Went into the desert to find a UFO. Got abducted. Could it be more oh. of? Could it be more likely that he drank the bottle of vodka or he drank? No, he didn't a, drink the bottle of vodka. Well, he didn't drink that bo- bottle of vodka, but he might have drunk another v- bottle of vodka and then drunkenly got in his car and then driven to the middle of nowhere and then just stumbled over a cliff or something. Well, I mean, I suppose that's possible. Um, so they did a huge, extensive search. Yeah. Led by the family. Yeah. They found a decomposing body. Oh, there you go. That resembled Sullivan. There you go. But then they did tests on it. It wasn't wasn't Sullivan. (gasps) Who was it then? They don't know. know. Never found out. So, anyway. So that all happened. Right. Um, Two little interesting facts. Yeah. One. He was never actually reported missing. Wait. They checked in. What about Kathy? Kathy didn't report him missing. No, no one reported him missing. They checked in two thousand and seven. There's no record of him being a missing man in America. So could he be an urban legend? Well, there is a theory that none of this happened. Yeah. And that the record label made it up to try and make it more exciting. That's what I'm banking on. But (laughs) Jim Sullivan's son denies that <laughs> and I think his existence uh, probably would suggest that I just like that, it, the idea of him like putting his hands up like um <laughs> guys I'm kind of alive or like back to the future he just starts fading away as soon as they say oh yeah. shit <laughs> um he rang his wife when he was at the motel the night before he just the night he disappeared yeah what did he say uh he said to his wife oh I'm not gonna leave until the next day because little green men are coming to visit. She said, why not? And he replied, you wouldn't believe me. <gasps> oh, that's giving me bloody chills. That's weird, right? You wouldn't believe because me. Because I think the thing is, if you what the were fuck? suicidal, which I guess is the other option in this, is that he just like walks into the desert to die. Firstly, that is a really horrible way to kill yourself. And secondly, why would you say you wouldn't believe me to your wife? Oh my God, that's giving me goosebumps. Um, what? Oh, now I'm thinking about those... Bloody leather shoes again. <laughs> they were lace shoes. No, it said leather lace shoes. Oh, okay. Is that a thing? Yes. I guess they're covering all ends of the spectrum, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, he went missing. Never found. Never found a body. Wasn't officially ever missing. Yeah. But what's really cool is his records, especially the album UFO, which is really good... Is it? It is really good. It's a bit like Grateful Dead kind of sounding. It's like sort of rocky, but it's got like these weird like creepy lyrics. Okay, I like weird creepy lyrics. Developed this huge cult following. I think slightly because it was like really rare, the album, because he didn't make that many of them. And then people were sort of saying like, oh, I've got this really good album and stuff. Uh, And then this guy found one of the original copies, decided to reissue it. And now it's, like, really popular and people, like, talk about it as this, like, amazing album. That's cool. Um, but, yeah, give it a listen. But, there, like, a lot of the lyrics are referring to being abducted by aliens, his interest in aliens. Oh, my God, we need to tell Stu about this. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, I hope, for his sake, he was abducted by aliens. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, I mean, well, I it's better wish. than it, it's better than any of the alternatives. Maybe he's like playing some cool folk music to UFOs. Or right? Maybe he got probed to death. Uh, 
either option is better than just like dying in the desert on your own. I'd rather die in the desert on my own than be probed to death in the anus by green men. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> you don't know how handsome these green men are. <laughs> Yeah. I could see his little mind whirring. As soon as the words came out of my mouth, I could just see Ollie's, the cogs in his brain turning. What horrible thing can I say to my Nothing. wife today? That's it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the story of Jim Sullivan. That was fascinating. I loved it. And um... So is this going to be a regular feature on The Cute Life? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, yeah, and that's one last thing. The album cover for UFO... Is UFO. ...is a man walking into the desert. <gasps> Wait, did he do that before or after? Oh my god, so it's... Oh, he didn't do it after, did he? <laughs> no, no, but I mean, like, did they... You knew that they said that they re-released his music, like... No, 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 that was, like... I think that was, like, the original... Cover. Or like, no, it wasn't the cover, but it was, like, inside. Oh, that's interesting. Inside the album. So it's, like, some Baz Yaneda shit. Yeah, all you had to do, Baz Yaneda is another one. Yeah. 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 Well, that's... I loved it. Fascinating. And, yeah, give his album a listen. Okay, we'll do. It's interesting. I think it's all on YouTube, pretty sure. Um, can we um, recommend that Idols live session if we're recommending music? Because we listened to that um, on Saturday. We were leisurely lying by the fire um, listening to... Uh, me and Ollie are slightly obsessed with Idols at the moment. They're such a good band. It's like... Hev- it's like punk... But like with positive self, um, what's the word? Self-esteem kind of lyrics. It's just, it's brilliant. They're so good. And then they did this live session with um, what's it? KPT Radio. KEXP. Yeah. Which is a Seattle radio station, I think. Yeah, and it's such a good live session. It's brilliant. I've like listened to it like three times this week. So just wanted to recommend that because they're fucking great. They yeah. Just make me want to go punch people well I mean I think you know in a good way like (laughs) punch people for charity (laughs) for charity or like on the arm as a bit of encouragement no it's really good because they're doing like um, sort of well I think they say it in the interview it's like punk used to be like anti-establishment so it was all about being the opposite of what society was so it was like about being like horrible and like ruining things and being anarchists yeah and then their sort of attitude is, well, everything's so messed up now, like the world's so shit, that the way to be anti-establishment is to be nice and sort of... Love yourself. Love yourself and love your friends and, like, don't be, like, full of, like, pent-up, like, anger. Just, like, be try and be people. a nice, better person. yeah. They're very, like, witty lyrics as well, which They're is quite good. very witty lyrics. Just a, a really great band. Um, if I mean, I feel like most people know Idols, but, um, yeah, that live session is just brilliant. They're so good. Quite different to Jim Sullivan. Yeah. Must say. <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, Idols, and I say, I think this is probably the biggest negative about them. Almost no UFO references. Oh, damn it. Yeah. But, you know... Maybe they'll have another album. Mm. Or maybe they'll all walk into the desert and we'll never see them again. Ooh. It's one of the best ways to finish a musical career. <laughs> Any musicians listening? Top tip? Yeah. Desert. Desert. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Dungeness. <laughs> Wander off. Yeah. 
yeah. Dungeness, by the way, you have to explain what Dungeness is because you just they're just like, what the fuck is Dungeness? Dungeness is a beach with a power nuclear power station on in the southeast of England. So quite near us, I think about what forty minutes away. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think one of it's a nature reserve, and I think it's Britain's only desert. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I we don't, might have made that up. Might have made that up. Um, but it looks a bit like a desert. Um, but it's beautiful, and we go quite a lot just to go for a dog walk because it's just a bit like being in this post-apocalyptic kind of world. There's um, loads of sirens everywhere, so you're walking along, and there's just big signs saying like, "If you hear the sirens, then there's been a nuclear um, disaster and things." And then there's old washed up um broken apart boats and weathered beach huts and fishing boats and it's so in- it's I mean, so interesting if you just like google it you kind of yeah. see what it looks like it's such a weird looking place lots of artists go it's i think you'll recognize it from a lot of photographs and paintings because lots of artists go for inspiration it's where um vic and bob go to um, right there. Get inspired. Yeah, right there. Um, comedy sketches. Um, they just walk around and. I just googled it. Dungeness has such low rainfall as to qualify as the only desert in the UK. So cool. And then it says, however, a spokesperson for the dot dot dot, and then I can't read the rest of the article. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, but whatever. In, in a dream world, me and Ollie. Would, it's kind of deserty. Yeah, me and Ollie would have a little house here. Um, I think most people. I mean, it's just... Who it's, enjoy living near nuclear power plants would also want It's that. one of the most amazing places I've ever been. It's so cool. We did see someone getting married there. There's a lighthouse um, and someone was getting married there a time before last we went, which would be a pretty cool place to get married, but... And then the last time we went, we saw those two weird creepy twins. <gasps> oh, yeah, the creepy twins. Nothing more to it. Just a couple of creepy twins hanging out. No, they were like, oh, well, no, they were older than us, I think. And then they were just dressed exactly the same, which I just... Ugh. If you're a twin, what age do you stop dressing exactly I don't the same? Know, like 11, just, normally? Oh, Not 30. heebie-jeebies. It's just, no, it's weird. Don't like it. <laughs> anyway, I think that's all of our things. Yeah, I think that might be all our things. I'm not, um, let me just check my list. Check your list. Have I forgotten something? Um, oh yeah oh no I want to finish so you said um, a couple of the episode before last that I should start doing recommending artists that I like and then linking them oh, in the yeah. show notes so this week um, I'm going to do Helen Green um, because she reminded me of how much I love her work today because she posted a um illustration of David Byrne from Talking Heads because I think it's his birthday today or it was yesterday or this week anyway um and she just blows me away every time she does anything she's just got she does um famous um people's portraits um and I think she does quite a lot of editorial work as well so for magazines and stuff but she's most known for I think um she did a very well-known gif of David Bowie portraits. Oh, it's the one where it flicks through and it's all of the different looks through time. Yeah, so I think that's how, I don't know, I came across her work, first of all. But then I think we mainly 
I discovered her through Instagram because she did the artwork for Adam Buxton's podcast and me and Ollie are massive Adam Buxton fans and I mean me and Ollie are just in awe that she <laughs> worked for him um but she's just so fucking talented I think her work is just so like clever that it the portraits are just so spot on they look exactly they're almost photographic graphic but then they've got a really lovely painterly quality because she does them in ink or watercolour and I mean yeah she just everything she does she blows me away so <laughs> I'm gonna link her work yeah link it but yeah she's Helen Green illustration yeah dot com yeah uh, yeah I think she's brilliant yeah I heartily agree with your yeah we both recommendation. are big fans of Helen's work so um, yeah so she's so that's your artist for the week yeah my first artist for the week um, yeah, so I'll be doing that every week, I think. Just artists that inspire me. Um, and whose work I think is great. No, I like that idea. I'll try and think of something for next week as well. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe we should talk about art in this podcast. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Creepy stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I much prefer... Cre- Creepy stories are better than art. Um, so, <laughs> shall we do housekeeping? So, um, if you've got a cute or creepy story or just anything really or an unsolved mystery unsolved mystery any that's my new thing I mean just we like hearing from you so if you have anything you want to talk to us about or tell us about and then email uh, thecutelifepodcast at gmail.com um, we'd love to hear from you and follow us on Instagram at Finney Elliot Portraits and then Ollie's at Ollie Place um, spelt like the place not like the fish my mum always says Place, like fireplace. Yeah. Um, uh, Seems to confuse me. <laughs> and the rate and review, we'll read out, if you leave us a kind review, we'll read it out on the podcast and share it with your friends. And I think that's it, isn't it? That's everything. Is that everything? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. All right, see you next week. I think that was a pretty good episode. I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I'll, um, I'll find Georgina Hackett's instagram and i'll link that in the show notes as well who cool. basically what finn's saying is check the show notes. show notes show notes show notes there's links to all the crap we've just talked about yeah okay okay <laughs> bye love you guys bye